You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number two here on a wonderful football Wednesday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Great to be on with our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. If you're watching us on Stadium, we appreciate you. We got a banger of the next two hours talking sports betting here with you on the way. Pro sports better Rob Bazola is going to join us in just a moment. 20 minutes from now, we'll be joined by Odyssey Sports NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Chris Felica, the bear from Fox Sports, stops by in 40 minutes. Will Brinson still to come? Eric Eager still to come as we get you set to bet and win this weekend on the National Football League and college football. So amazing guests on the way over the course of the next two hours here. So look, you're out there watching the show right now. You're listening to the show. You want to bet football this weekend? Duh. We've got experts joining us over the next two hours to help you win your bets this weekend on the National Football League and college football. Ken and I will also roll through the latest line movement for Week 10 in the NFL, including the Packers and the Steelers with Christian Watson practicing in full today for Green Bay. It's amazing. Like, this guy basically, like, breaks every bone in his body every single Sunday, like, leaves on, like, a stretcher and then practices in full every Wednesday and is good to go, and then does nothing in any game, which is really great. But we'll talk about that Packers-Steelers game as we move along. The Lions and Charles. Chargers as well. A line move there. Detroit going up to three. We'll talk about that and what it means in the betting market coming up later in the show. Final hour, power hour featuring all our bets for tonight. Bets of Steel NHL. Best of the best NBA. Golf bets for the Butterfield this weekend. You know, in Bermuda. And also a conversation in the power hour with our friend Matt Moore from the Action Network. All of Matt's NBA bets for tonight with a robust 14 games. Hashtag hardwood hysteria. Not quite the ring of uh, Frozen Frenzy, but hardwood hysteria tonight for the NBA. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity here, hour number two on this wonderful football Wednesday, is our good friend, the aforementioned Rob Bazola, pro sports better on Twitter, at his name, at Rob Bazola. You got to check out Rob's sports betting content company, The Hammer. Lots of uh, Hammer contributors come on our show, at The Hammer HQ on Twitter, and Rob's sports betting podcast circles off. You can find it wherever the hell it is that you find your podcast. My friend, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, happy week 10 in the NFL. Yeah, happy week 10 to you guys. I I noticed you talking about Christian Watson on the lead-in, and there was a tweet this weekend where I almost fell off my chair. It was an Ian Rappaport tweet, but it was Packers wide receiver Christian Watson has been taken to the locker room with a chest injury, back injury, and he is being evaluated for a concussion. (laughs) (laughs) it's like is it easier to just tell me what works is it easier to just tell me the things like what organs oh oh, and by the way practicing in full no issues he's fine guys guys, don't worry but guys hashtag full go so it's it's all good uh rob a really interesting set of games that you sent us that you want to go over nick and i always like look at him and go 
oh, like, I wonder what he likes in that game. Oh, that's kind of a weird one. Like, I wonder what he has there. I think Nick and I are both aligned on the side of Vikings and Saints coming up on Sunday in, in Minnesota. The total, we didn't really have a strong opinion on. It sounds like you do. This has basically been Saints two and a half, like, the entire week. Obviously, Josh Dobbs, like, the great, like, the best story of the season, maybe, in terms of what he did last week against the Atlanta Falcons. So Saints two and a half and the total holding at 41. How are you kind of evaluating and handicapping Josh Dobbs' second start? with the Vikings, second uh, game with the Vikings, I should say. I wanted to have an opinion on the side just so I could say two and a half like you and Nick do on the show. Pretty regularly. Two and a I half. Can't, I can't, it, it would have to be like, it has to be natural. At some point it will happen, guys. Okay. I promise we'll get a two and a half by the end of the year where I can debut it. But uh, I bet the under in this game earlier today, I still like the under at 41. So uh, part of the handicap for this is that I don't think Minnesota – is going to be able to run the ball in this game. They already have a pretty bad rushing offense, sixth worst EPA in the entire league. And listen, the Josh Jobs story, don't get me wrong, it's great from a week ago. Coming in, you know, didn't know the cadence with the offensive line. Kevin O'Connell is telling him the plays through the headset, guys helping him out in the huddle. I get it. But the Atlanta Falcons did not prepare for Josh Dobbs last week. I'm a big proponent of quarterbacks coming in mid-game oftentimes catching the other team off guard, having not prepared for them. There's a lot of film on Josh Dobbs now that the Saints can use to prepare for. And remember, when Dobbs was with Arizona, as soon as James Conner got hurt, he completely fell off a cliff when they couldn't run the ball anymore. He's just not a good quarterback. And I think this is a bad matchup against the Saints defense. On the other side of things, Minnesota, yeah, they're very boomer bust. And I'm a little bit scared of the big play here with the Brian Flores defense. But what Minnesota does, is they mix in a lot of cover two. They play cover two at the second highest rate in the entire league. And if you look at Derek Carr this year, and for the majority of his career, he's been terrible against cover two defenses. The only quarterback in the league that's been worse against cover two this season has been Baker Mayfield. So I don't see a lot of points scored in this game. I kind of like the matchups for both defenses. I had this game at around 39 and a half as my true total. So I still like the under here. What is um my odds board's not working? What's the the current point spread in this game with the Vikings and the Saints, Rob? Two and a half. <laughs> Moving on to the Titans and the Buccaneers and the uh, the Will Levis Bowl. Will Levis, you'll love it at Levis starting for the Tennessee yeah. Titans. Uh with this is basically Rob now in Tampa. Uh pick the winner of the game. Baker, great game last week, but the defense gets absolutely nuked by CJ Stroud. Tampa hosting Tennessee. What do you got here? Who wins this game? So whenever I make numbers on a game, I also attach a confidence rating to that number. I have a very low degree of confidence in this game, but I'm still willing to bet Tennessee in this spot because I actually am a big believer in Levis. And why I have a little, little degree of confidence is that oftentimes you get more and more tape on these younger quarterbacks and they tend to go downhill over time. I think Levis could sneakily be really good. That was an impressive performance against Pittsburgh. I know it was only 16 points. He stood in the pocket there very well made some throws down the field now pittsburgh attacked him in different ways and it's very small sample size but whenever pittsburgh played man he struggled whenever he played zone they played zone levis was able to move the ball through the air tampa plays a very low rate of man coverage only 21 percent this year jamel dean is banged up they might be without his services this weekend as well so i'm optimistic that tennessee can move the ball in this game what i saw from tampa bay last week was a big offensive output against a bad Houston Texans defense, but not a lot changed from their game planning. They're still very much this early down running team. They're struggling to generate anything on the ground. 29.5% rushing success rate this year. That's dead last in the league. I don't think they're going to find success running on Tennessee on early downs here. So all that 
You got Vrabel against Bulls, which I think is a big mismatch as well. I like Tennessee as an underdog this week. What do you mean it's a mismatch? What are you saying about Todd Bulls? Uh, it, it's funny. Like I, I almost feel like if we saw like your hands during that answer, were you like furiously clicking to bet? Like the board just lit up completely with money coming in on Tennessee. This is like a pick everywhere right now instead of a minus one. Not like a giant move. Obviously, like one's not the most important number. Just interesting. Like as you're saying, you like a side that that side's getting bet right now. Maybe Tennessee ends up closing a favorite in the game. Uh, what are you doing with Seattle, Washington, Rob? I think this is still. It's kind of between six and six and a half. So Washington did take a little bit of money today, but we can call it like six and a half at BetMGM. Six and a half at BetMGM. Uh, what do you like here with the Commanders and the Seahawks? So first and foremost, I like to tell you guys whenever I see split action on a game over the course of the week, you guys have kind of seen it in the market already. I know a lot of people with opinions on this game that are differing opinions. I have no idea which way this is going to go. I make the Seahawks a seven-point favorite in this game, and I like Seattle. Um, Washington is changing on offense a little bit. They're making Sam Howell drop back less it's a lot more three-step drops instead of five or seven focus on getting the ball out of his hands a little bit earlier that's why he only took three sacks last week so i'll give them the benefit of the doubt moving forwards that maybe they're a little bit improved offensively but howell has been terrible against zone coverage this year no one plays more zone than the seattle seahawks they do a really good job of that as well especially in cover three i really like that matchup for them on the other side of things big questions about geno smith what's going on with geno smith well he just played Cleveland and Baltimore, who are heavy man coverage teams. I've talked about this with you guys before, but Geno's entire career, he cannot beat man coverage, especially teams that play man coverage well. Now, Washington plays it at the 13th highest rate in the league, but they don't do it well. And they now have two defensive linemen that were tra- like, that was the talk last week, right? All the Washington defensive linemen, nobody really wanted to focus on anything else in that game. And the fact that New England was missing receivers. And now it seems like a week later, They just beat the New England Patriots, and we're forgetting that they are not going to be able to generate a pass rush. I think this is a very good bounce-back spot for Seattle. If you don't want to lay the points, which is a little bit scary with the state of Seattle's offense, I don't mind a Washington team total under as well. There's some 19.5s and 20.5s in market. I don't mind that look if you prefer that, but I'll be betting the Seahawks this week. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Wonderful football Wednesday. Very happy to be talking week 10 in the NFL with our pal pro sports better Rob Bazzola of, uh, of the Hammer and the Circles Off Sports Betting Podcast on Twitter at Rob Bazzola. Rob, let's go to Monday Night Football. The Denver Broncos come off their bye and visit Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And surprising to me, maybe I'm the only one that the Bills made like no changes coming off their loss on Sunday night to Cincinnati. I think Ken Dorsey, big time on the hot seat. We'll see what happens in the wake of this game. Maybe they win or lose will obviously play a big role in that. Buffalo currently a seven and a half point home favorite against Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, and the Broncos. Any bet for you on this game on Monday night? Yeah, so I caught your Monday show when I heard Ken talking about Denver being a sneaky good second half team. I kind of agree with that. And I also just want to keep fading Buffalo until we get to the point of like what Buffalo is now. Like it's been the buy point on Buffalo every single week for like five weeks now where people are trying to catch the bottom. And guess what? They're just not that good. There's a few things that are not working in their favor. Obviously, there's a bunch of defensive injuries, which are compounded from the Cincinnati game last week. Micah Hyde dealing with the Stinger, Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, who, uh, who's who been injured as well, A.J. Klein, who's kind of taking the place of Matt Milano. Like, there's a lot of defensive injuries for Buffalo. On top of that, you got eight carries, eight scrambles from Josh Allen last week, which was more than expected. A lot of those when they were trailing, but I'm still not convinced he's totally right with the shoulder. His downfield passing has been a real problem this year. It, Chris Collinsworth did a great job of pointing it out on Sunday night as well, but you could see in the way that 
Allen was falling to the ground. He's very clearly trying to protect that shoulder. And he's just not as effective when he's not scrambling all that regularly. So I, I don't think we've reached the bottom yet with Buffalo. Like as long as you're giving me these prices to bet against them, I'm going to keep doing it. Denver, in my opinion, is a very good sneaky second half team because of the amount of defensive injuries they had this season. And it's now a fully healthy defense. That's not to say this is like a top five or 10 defense. They're probably still below average, but they're not the 32nd ranked defense in the league that the statistics are going to show in this game. So I think the seven and a half is very intriguing with the Broncos. And I'm actually with Ken on this one. I think they're very live in the game and a money line bet is not a bad idea here as well. Makes me very happy to hear you say that after you dumped all over my are the Canucks the best team in the NHL take to uh before we came back on the air and said not even close and they're like coming back to earth with a thud basically which is going to be really bad for my awards portfolio if any of that ends up happening we'll see we'll see what happens uh Rob what are you doing with the Steelers and the Packers uh Steelers I think you know the the narrative around them and it's been like talked about for a couple weeks now outgained in every game like the point differential is terrible but Mike Tomlin somehow figures out a way to like pull these games out of nowhere basically pull a rabbit out of a hat and beat a bunch of teams that they're kind of not supposed to beat okay well this is a little different they're they're favored and they're favored by kind of like field goal to more than a field goal against Jordan Love and the Packers this is kind of between three and three and a half uh, what do we like in this game yeah so I, I put this in the extra games because it's a little bit out of range right now but Pittsburgh minus three minus 115 would be a buy point for me so we're not quite there in this game the way that Green Bay won against the Rams last week is kind of how I f- envision the Steelers winning against Green Bay this week in an ugly affair We're not going to see their offense light the world on fire. They just don't have that capability. But their offense is better with Deontay Johnson on the field. It's it's a significantly different offense when Deontay Johnson's lining up across George Pickens than it is Pickens and Allen Robinson, who can't gain any separation whatsoever. But I'm just not a believer in the Packers at all. You look at Jordan Love this year. He has been brutal against any form of man coverage or cover one. Dead last EPA per play against both of those defenses. Pittsburgh mixes in a lot of cover one, a lot of man defense. They did this to Will Levis last week as well. And this includes when Aaron Jones has been on the field. Yes, it's a big difference with him out there as well instead of A.J. Dillon. But ultimately, people like this Steelers team, in a sense, kind of reminds me of the Vikings last year where everyone knows they're getting lucky and wants to fade them. But at these prices, I actually want to play them. I just don't think there's enough love for them They've had three steps down in class this year, guys. Las Vegas, the Rams, Tennessee, they've won them all. I think this is another one that they're going to win, but minus three, minus 115 is the target price. Rob, let's close with this. We have about a minute for this answer here. Sunday Night Football, Jets and the Raiders pick the winner of the game. I'm leaning strongly to the Jets, and I I just don't know that I can get there. So Aiden O'Connell, 34% of his throws are going past the sticks. That's a very low number. The only two lower in the league are Tyson Bajan and Daniel Jones this year. So it's been a very conservative offense. That's not really how you're going to beat the Jets. My only concern with fading the Raiders is that we might have like this Antonio Pierce effect. They obviously hated Josh McDaniels. I saw the clips of Devontae Adams on the sidelines at a courtside at a basketball game talking to the referee and he's like, yeah. So I'm not quite there just yet. But if the Raiders take a little bit more money in this game and we get down to pick them and it's literally just pick minus 110 type of situation, I'll probably fire on the Jets. And at least the Raiders, we know, will give stuff up on defense. The Jets won't do that. Rob, awesome stuff. Appreciate having you on the show. Strong takes on a lot of the games this week. I, I, yeah. I may end up laying three with the Steelers. I, I'm going to have Steelers money line, but I, I like the case a lot for Pittsburgh against Green Bay this coming weekend. you got to check out Rob's sports betting content company, The Hammer. 
lots of guests from the Hammer come on our show at the Hammer HQ. Rob Sports Betting Podcast circles off and follow him on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. My friend, we appreciate it. Best of luck with all the bets this weekend. Two and a half, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Good luck this week. Do you want to say it for us one more time? Two and a half. The great Rob Pizzola joining us here. On the other side, we'll ask Brian Baldinger to say two and a half in a falsetto. (laughs) No, we won't. Baldy joins us next, breaking down all the games for NFL Week 10. Empty backfield, first and goal. Burrow, end zone, Smith, got it. Touchdown, Cincinnati. What an opener. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. What a game, what a performance Sunday Night Football for Joe Burrow. The call there by Mike Tirico of NBC as the Bengals take down the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we would play you C.J. Stroud highlights from last weekend's uh, Texans-Bucks game, except it would like take till the end of the show because there were there were a lot of them. But it sets up an awesome quarterback duel coming up on Sunday in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Brian Baldinger will join us in just a second to talk about that game and the rest of the slate coming up in Week 10, including the game he'll be on the call of this weekend, the Browns and the Ravens. That's coming up in a moment. But 20 minutes from now, we'll get college football bets for the weekend from our pal, the Bear, Chris Felica from Fox Sports, the Bear stop by in 20 minutes. Will Brinson, still to come. Eric Eager, still to come. Power Hour, Final Hour, featuring all our bets for tonight in the NBA, the National Hockey League, golf bets, and a conversation in the Power Hour and getting bets from our pal Matt Moore from the Action Network. But joining us right now, Odyssey Sports NFL insider, the great Brian Baldinger. You got to check out Baldy's new Odyssey original podcast. It's called The Best Football Show. It's like the best name for a podcast ever. The best football show. How do you know it's the best football show? Because Brian Baldinger's hosting it. Featuring daily breakdowns of the most important storylines across the league. I look at it it's like Baldy's breakdowns in audio form. What could be better than that? I'll tell you. How about we bring him onto the show right now to talk football? Hell yeah. We are now the best football show. Because Baldy's joining us here on a Wednesday. Baldy, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Week 10. What's up, Nick? Ken? What's going on, guys? I'm just talk, talking a lot of football, Baldy, as you'd imagine on a Wednesday, uh, and looking forward to your thoughts on some of these games. We'll do. I know you're calling Cleveland Baltimore. I want to ask you about that game, but we we played the the Joe Burrow highlight there, and he's playing Stroud as as Nick mentioned. C.J. Stroud had a great game last week too. What do you make of this game? Now, obviously, like we don't know whether Jamar Chase is going to play. Let's have a conversation though, as as if he is going to play because we just don't know the answer right now. The Bengals are favored by a full touchdown. Baldy's they're kind of like back on track here, two straight wins uh, coming out of their bye, and they look really good over two really good teams too. Do you think the Bengals can win by a big margin against Stroud and the Texans? And what have you seen from Stroud so far this year? Well, I'll start with CJ. He's been unbelievable. And all you have to know, honestly, Ken, is, you know, prior to him coming, Nico Collins was on the Texans roster for two years. He didn't have, I mean, he didn't do anything. He was just a guy out there. at the, Now he leads in the National Football League in yards per catch. He's their number one wide receiver. And he's a really good player but he's got a quarterback that can consistently get him the ball. So I think C.J. Stroud, I mean, that 46-second you know, uh, drive last week to take him down the field to win the game in a shootout with the Bucs was, was unbelievable. I mean, you really, if you were doing that on Friday afternoon um, you know, against air, you'd be excited about the results. But to do it, to go win the game, um, that's, that, that was a big moment for the Texans and for C.J. Stroud. I, I look, this is going to be a great game. 
whether Jamar Chase plays or not, um, I don't know if it makes a difference because I, I really love Cincinnati Bengals' defense. Uh, I think they're better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense. I don't think they'll give up 33 points or whatever it was, 37 points last week. Um, I think the Bengals' defense is like a lot of the AFC North defenses. They're, they're to be reckoned with. So I think Baldy telling you likes the Bengals at the number right now, laying a touchdown against the Houston Texans. Baldy, let's talk about two more of those defenses in the AFC North. You'll be on the national radio call of this game coming up on Sunday. And honestly, like just speaking for myself, Baldy, this is confuses me a little bit. So the Ravens, uh, the Ravens are awesome. This is not like an anti-Ravens take I'm about to give. Like they're great. They're favored by a lot here against Deshaun Watson and the Browns. And I get it. Like uh, even though Cleveland wins last week, it's basically like a fake game and like uh, how good actually is Deshaun Watson. But still, it's a lot of points for the Ravens to be favored by against maybe the best defense in football. Or maybe you think the Ravens are the best defense. But Baltimore is a six-point home favorite against the Browns. The total in the game is really low, 38. Do you think this is like another Baltimore beatdown at home like we've seen a couple times this year against Detroit last week against Seattle Ravens favored by six against Cleveland I like the line Nick I really do I saw the Ravens last week take apart the Seahawks they did the same thing to the Lions a couple weeks prior they're just very sound and the only way I can see Cleveland keeping it close is if you know the one flaw that Lamar has this year is he's put the ball on the ground a lot and he did last week Sometimes they get them back, sometimes they don't. Uh, but there's been a lot of fumbles in handoff exchanges and whatnot. And if Cleveland can get one or two of those, I think they could keep it closer than six. But I don't like Cleveland's offense against this Baltimore defense right now. I think Cleveland's defense will give Baltimore some problems. I think it's going to be low scoring. That, Nick, I don't know what the, the over-under is on it. 38. Because I, I think these are the two best. 38. I, I think these are – no, New Orleans has something to say about this. But I think these are the two best defenses in football right now. And I think they prove it week in, week out. And, and they do it differently. Baltimore is a matchup zone team. Cleveland's largely a, uh, a man-to-man team. They do things a little bit differently, but the results are pretty similar in what they do to opposing quarterbacks. So, but I like the Ravens in this game, and I like them by that. I like them by a touchdown in this game, to be honest with you, Nick. Baldy, I know you mentioned you you got to see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens already this season. I want to ask you. Obviously, we're you know there's no like technically halfway point of the season, right? Because you know just like we're we're through nine games, but not everybody or through nine weeks, but not everybody's played nine games. But a lot of because we're kind of at the midseason point, everybody's starting to talk about. All right, we're halfway. What do we think of who's going to win Coach of the Year? Who's going to win? Who are the best rookies so far? And you mentioned C.J. Stroud, like the runaway favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. A lot of people have started just talking about Most Valuable Player, and Lamar Jackson's name has come up a lot as part of those conversations, and he's been getting bet a lot to win Most Valuable Player this year, sort of bet down to maybe the second or third choice in the market. Obviously, you have Mahomes and Tua and you know Josh Allen and Joe Burrow who started playing really well the last couple of weeks. Jalen Hurts, and they, haven't, they only lost one game to the Jets. This doesn't have to be – like, obviously, none of us can predict the future, not really like what's going to happen in the future up to this point in the season do you think Lamar Jackson has played at the highest level at like an MVP type level I do I do and here's why Ken uh you know he leads the league in completion percentage but if you look at his yards per attempt it's pretty high it's close to eight yards per attempt which is in the upper echelon and then he's run for five you know five touchdowns and they are seven and two and he makes a lot of great decisions every week he did last week against seattle uh he makes it look pretty easy i mean he would have bigger numbers if they weren't blowing out seattle and detroit 
where, you know, if he had to be on the field at the, in the fourth quarter, he'd be putting up more than nine touchdowns. But if you combine his touchdown passes and his runs, I mean, he's, got, he's accounted for 14 touchdowns. And I just feel like right now it's only going to get better. You got Odell Beckham really kind of involved for the first time last week. Um, you're, you're looking at Isaiah Likely, a second tight end next to Mark Andrews, you know, who stepped up last week. Uh, Zay Flowers has been a stud all year. Like, I think he's still getting to know some of these receivers. So I just think it's only going to get better for Lamar. Um, I, he, he's my candidate right now for MVP at the halfway point. Um, it's not a runaway. It's not a unanimous like it was in 2019. But I think he's out front of everybody right now. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a wonderful football Wednesday. Always great to talk the National Football League with Odyssey Sports NFL insider, our good friend Brian Baldinger, who of course can be found on Twitter at Baldy NFL. Baldy, we will get the return on Sunday, we think. Uh, I know the Cardinals keep couching it like if everything goes well. Uh, of Kyler Murray to the starting lineup. We haven't seen him, obviously, since his last December when he tore his ACL. But Kyler tentatively expected back. The betting market tells you he's going to play in this game also. Arizona hosting Arthur Smith my least favorite person, and the and the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, Atlanta's about a one-and-a-half-point road favorite, Baldy, as Kyler returns to the lineup here. I don't know. Maybe the Falcons will have first and goal at the one. Maybe like they'll have like me or you run the football instead of B. John Robinson. We'll see. Uh, what do you make of this game here, Baldy, with Atlanta, the shortest of short road favorites at Arizona, and what do you think we see from Kyler Murray on Sunday? Well, I mean, Kyler's, you know, I mean, Hollywood Brown is out there, but, you know, McBride is new to him, and I don't know who he's handing it off to, Nick. Maybe you do. I don't. I don't know if Dee Mercado's playing. I, I don't know who's playing running back right now for him. I mean, they all looked hurt last week. But, maybe James uh, Conner to answer your question, think, but he has. But he hasn't been cleared yet. So maybe it'll be James Conner ball. The otherwise, it's going to be like Keontae Ingram, which is a disaster. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, you know, probably Kyler's probably going to be their leading rusher uh, at this point. I think he's going to give him a lift. Honestly, I don't know what kind of time he's going to have with these guys. But I think he's going to be excited to get back out there and show people that, you know, because I think he's kind of playing for his job in Arizona. Uh, you know, if they're at, at a high pick or have the high pick, like it would make no sense not to go get a new quarterback and start fresh. That's just my philosophy. It just, you know, my, financially it makes more sense. But regardless, I think he wants to prove a lot of people wrong about maybe work habits or, commitment, all that kind of stuff. I think he'll be excited. I think they'll get a pop from him in the lineup. And, I, and I've been impressed with how Arizona's played defense almost every week. I mean, Deshaun Watson struggled like hell against them last week. He made one or two good throws the whole day. But I have been impressed by how hard they played defensively. Um, and Atlanta, nobody can figure Atlanta out. They, they should be so much better than they are. But they, they find ways to lose games, like you mentioned last week. So if you can't score from the one – like, you deserve to win games. You know, that's kind of like how I look at it. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of like Arizona and what Kyler's going to bring. Like, I think it's going to be exciting for the players and the fans to see Kyler Murray out there. I think there's going to be a pop to it. Baldy, the Saints-Vikings game, and talking about, like, the Falcons find ways to lose games, seems like the Vikings were kind of up against it, obviously, from an injury standpoint, finding ways to win games. Maybe maybe Kevin O'Connell's, like, a, a better coach than, than Nick and I thought, at least. Obviously, they won a lot of games last year. Just sets up a really, really interesting game on Sunday where the Saints have started to look better. The Saints are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against Josh Dobbs. Obviously, came in for Jaron Hall. You can probably speak to, like, exactly how impressive what Josh Dobbs did, you know, not knowing the cadences and not knowing the plays and still finding the way, way to win a game. 
okay, well, now he gets a week of practice. Now what's it going to look like? So Saints, a road favorite against Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. What do we make of this game with, with Josh Dobbs playing a second game for Minnesota? Well, I mean, it was a heroic performance. I, I happen to have worked with Josh in a couple of different enterprises outside of football, and you just, you know, you, you don't have to spend too much time around him to know that his mind is just different and more advanced than most people like myself. So, I mean, he's, he's an impressive he's an impressive guy, period. But it was, it was incredible what he did last week. It really was. Um, I would love to see a behind-the-scenes look of how that sounded between Kevin O'Connell and Josh Dobbs with him in his ear, what he, how he just transmitted information and how he digested it and, and pulled out the win. But this Saints defense, I mean, there's, their quarterbacks against the Saints this year are completing 55% of their passes. It's the second lowest, you know, quarterback rating in the league. Like, I don't think Josh can have this kind of uh, success against the Saints defense. This, these guys are good. And their defense backs, Paulson Adebo wins, you know, defensive player of the week, as he should have last week with what he did against uh, Chicago. Um, I, I like the Saints. I like the way they play defense. Their secondary is as – it's about as good as there is in the, in the league right now. Um, I think Josh is going to struggle against this defense. And on offense, like, they're not they're, – they just don't wow you, except when Taysom Hill's in a game. Like, he is a difference maker for that offense right now. And they're finding more and more in different creative ways – to use him, and I feel like the more he's on the field, the better the offense looks. That takes him a couple touchdowns last week, including one throwing a touchdown last week, which frustrated me because I played against him in a couple of fantasy leagues, which no one cares about, so we'll move on. Uh, Baldy, final one for you here in about a minute. Can't wait for this game. Both teams coming off their buys. The San Francisco 49ers, a three-point road favorite at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you want to take these points here? Jaguars going to keep this close at home? Or is this like Niners coming out of the bye looking like gangbusters like they did to start the year? Niners and Jaguars, what do you got Sunday in Jacksonville? Well, I think San Francisco is going to come out like gangbusters. I mean, they haven't won a game in a month. But they're going to get two of their best players back. You know, Debo's going to play. Trent Williams is going to play. I mean, they... Debo is just a unique player. He just gives that whole team a different level of toughness. No matter what he does, whether he's running it, catching it, yards after the catch, running through people, he's just – like you can just feel the energy as soon as he touches the ball. And then, look, there's very few people that have ever played the game that play the game like Trent Williams at the tackle position. He, he literally opens up running lanes that are never there if he's not in the game. So I think they're going to be a lot better – with those two additions, and I think Chase Young is going to help this team. Like, Chase Young is not a complete player by any stretch, but he is talented, and I do think he's going to benefit by playing in this system where they really get to get after the quarterback in a different way than what Washington did. He's going to have better players around him uh, than what they had in a better scheme around him, and I think he's going to flourish in this defense. I, I think for those reasons, I like the 49ers – on the road to stop this five-game win streak of Jacksonville. There you got it, Baldy rolling with the 49ers. And Baldy, just to answer your question from before on the Cardinals running backs, because the news literally just like hashtag cross the wire, a.k.a. I got to push notification on my phone. Uh, James Conner back at practice today for the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll see if they activate him to the roster, but maybe Conner running the football this week. And who knows, maybe they get down by the goal line. They'll hand the ball to the backup tight end in Arizona, like, you know, Arthur Smith likes to do with the goal line. Anyway, that's enough for me. Baldy, we love having you on the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Make sure to check out the best football show, also in the huddle with Baldy. 
at Baldy NFL on Twitter. My friend, we appreciate it. Uh, safe travels to Baltimore. Have a great call of the Ravens on the Browns. Stay well, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, Nick. Take care, Ken. Talk to you next week. The great Brian Balder here with us on You Better, You Bet. I, I do a lot of content with Baldy during the week. He knows I, that I hate Arthur Smith. And he, and he yes. always humors we me, too, which I, really, right. which I really appreciate from Brian Baldinger. The Bear, Chris Felica, coming up next. College football bets for the weekend. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Having a lot of fun here on this wonderful football Wednesday. Nick, Ken, and you on the BetQL Network, joined by our audience on Stadium. For the next hour and 20 minutes, we very much appreciate everyone watching us right now on Stadium and listening to us on Sirius and XM Satellite Radio, XM Channel 205, and on our new Sirius channel starting today, Sirius 160. So you're watching on Stadium, Sirius, and XM. Thank you very much. And all the other spots, screw you guys. No. Thank you guys also. We love all all our audience here on You Better, You Bet. We've had a great Wednesday edition of the show. We're going to keep it rolling. The Bear, Chris Felica, is going to join us in just a moment, talking college football for this weekend. But coming up next hour, a conversation with Will Brinson, our pal from CBS Sports. Eric Eager, our good friend from Sumer Sports, both talking Week 10 in the National Football League. Ken and I will update everyone on what's happening in the betting market right now for NFL Week 10, including the Packers-Steelers game, where the Packers getting a good piece of injury news earlier today. Christian Watson with a full practice despite injuring every single body part this past Sunday in their win against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not even really exaggerating by, by that much either. Power Hour Final Hour will feature all our bets for tonight, including hashtag uh, Hardwood Hysteria with 14 games tonight in the association. But joining us right now, it's great to welcome him back to the show. One of the absolute best in the business. One of the nicest guys in the business. The Bear, Chris Felica from Fox Sports. And you got to check out Bear's college football and NFL betting podcast, Bear Bets, uh, produced by Fox Sports, obviously featuring our pals Jeff Schwartz. Will Hill and our good friend Sam Paniotovich, who you hear every football Friday here on You Better You Bet. And you can also watch Bear, of course, on Big Noon Kickoff every single week, getting you set to bet college football. Bear, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? Man, I don't even know if I'm sick enough to be able to take the Packers plus three against the uh, the Steelers. (laughs) You you know I love my fair share of ugly dogs, but wow, you got to be a special level of sick to be able to uh, hold your nose and, and, and... and turn your head and take the uh, the Packers who were just god awful. Wow. My my guess is it was the same people who were lining up to take Clayton two and plus thirteen last week. Would probably be the same people who were interested in, in Jordan Luplus. Probably probably a certain certain breed of of uh, of better would be the the most likely to take those two things. I want to start with Michigan Bear and not like obviously this is it's. It's been a sports talk segment so far in terms of like, you know, this has been heavily covered by basically everybody. It hasn't yet become a gambling conversation, but that obviously can change. The Big Ten seems like they're ready to announce some kind of punishment in the next couple of days. We don't know what that's going to be. Maybe it's quite mild, but maybe it's not. And we don't we don't really know what's going on. Just I, I have a lot of Michigan to win the title. They're like one of the they're basically the only team that I have a lot of money on to win the national championship from a long time ago. Should I be worried here? What's like the potential impact on the betting markets of what's going on with Michigan? I don't, I don't think you need to be worried in terms of Michigan to win the title if they win the I mean I don't think we're going to be seeing any severe penalty handed down here from the Big Ten um, in the next day or so if indeed there is going to be something I, I think it'll be some sort of suspension for Jim Harbaugh and I think Michigan will have a chance to appeal and it'll kind of get dragged out and the Big Ten will be like hey we tried to do something and now due process they have to as I, I don't I don't think you have anything 
to worry about from, from that standpoint. But I would think the one thing that maybe you might have to worry about from, from a betting standpoint would be is if maybe you have a J.J. McCarthy-Heisman ticket or something like that. Maybe Heisman voters will be less inclined to give a Michigan player uh, the benefit of the doubt or give, give them a vote when there appear to be a couple of other real viable options out there. So in terms of Michigan making the playoff and, and winning the Big Ten and playing the big title game, I, I don't think we're looking at any type of Michigan being ineligible to play uh, in any of that kind of stuff. It's a lot of what we've talked about the last couple of weeks on the show. And like, well, I think that'll be the case with Michigan. And obviously, maybe we won't see J.J. McCarthy win the Heisman Trophy. Um, Bear, right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Uh, McCarthy is uh, plus 800 to win the Heisman. Michael Penix mm-hmm. is the favorite, plus 150. Bo Nix at plus 200. Jordan Travis, uh, Maserati Marv, Marvin Harrison also at 8. Jaden Daniels at 14. As it stands right now, um, if you had to bet who's going to win the Heisman Trophy, who are you taking and why? I, I I will say this. I, I think the person who ultimately wins the Heisman will be the winner of the Washington-Oregon rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. I believe that's going to be Oregon. It was interesting. We had this conversation last week on uh, Bear Bets, and, and I would kind of let, let it off with saying, hey, I've got a J.J. McCarthy ticket at 25-1. to 1. I've got a Jaden Daniels ticket at 35-1. to 1. And obviously Daniels took it. I mean, he had a great game until he got knocked out. And then we kind of tagged it. I, I can't remember if it was Sammy or Will or Jeff who asked me if you could make one bet, who, who would it be? And I said it would be Bo Nix. I think he was about 5-1 to one last week, and those numbers obviously are long gone. But, but I do think the winner of that Washington-Oregon game will ultimately wind up winning the Heisman Trophy. Bear, in terms of the national title, I know you said I didn't have anything to worry about for sanctions for Michigan. Like you yes. think they're going to play the rest of their games. They're going to go play. Now, if it's, am I in trouble? Cause Michigan's not going to win the national title. And if they play Georgia or they play somebody else, how, how am I looking there? How would you handicap that? Obviously we had the new playoff rankings come out last night. Now that's not really going to tell you what it's going to be. It tells us kind of who the five or six teams are going to be, but we don't know who's playing, who, who's actually going right. to make it. We have some idea. How, how am I looking from like a competitiveness standpoint from like Michigan? I think winning you're 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 in in a, in a great position. I mean, I I, th- I think the number of teams that legitimately can win the the national title, probably Michigan, Georgia. I think Oregon can win it, and I think Florida State is is enough to. I, I think that I don't think Ohio State can win the title. Um, I'm not sure about Texas. It'll depend on if they can get uh, Quinn Ewers back. I mean, I'm not there on Washington. I don't. I don't think their defense is is that good. I. I don't think they can beat. Like, I think the way you need to approach it is who is capable of beating Michigan and Georgia is the way I would frame it in back-to-back games. I don't think Washington is. So, I think Michigan would probably be favored over anybody, with the exception of Georgia. So, from a competitive standpoint, I, I think it, it's a it, it's a great question because. You wonder about all the sign-stealing stuff and, know, and knowing everything and how it ultimately affects them on the field. But I still think they're really good. Like, if I had a vote in the AP or if I were on that college football playoff committee panel, I'd have Michigan number one. I think they've been the most dominant team, and clearly they played nobody. We'll find out in the next three weeks uh, how that's going to go. But but, but I think you're in a, uh, a good position where, where Michigan is in great shape to at least get – to that national championship game where you might have an opportunity to kind of fool around a little bit and maybe maybe guarantee yourself the profit. 
You better, you better here with Nick and Ken. Wonderful football Wednesday. Talking college football, both big picture and also games this weekend with our friend, the Bear, Chris Felica from Fox Sports. Bear Bets Podcast, Big Noon Kickoff on Twitter at Chris Felica. All right, Bear, let's, uh, let's talk about this Michigan-Penn State game. So it sounds like you think Michigan's going to win, which means uh, the question really is, they're they going to cover this number. Michigan, a four-and-a-half-point road favorite against Penn State, total 45-and-a-half. Bets here, thoughts, please, for Michigan and Penn State. I would... Uh, I have a hard time laying this many on the road because it is a good Penn State defense. And I think being at home, you've got to move them up a couple of points. I probably would be more inclined. I know the totals come down, I think, to like 45 or 46. But I think the the number one question that I go into handicapping this game is, how many points realistically is Penn State going to score? 17 tops. So I think maybe you are looking at maybe like a 24-17, 21-17 type game where it's probably going to be right around that number. But I think if I were making one play on this game, I would be looking at either game under or Penn State team total under. I haven't seen what that is yet, but but I think 17 is probably about the max that I would expect the Nittany Lions to score based on what I've seen from them offensively, certainly against a really good defense in Ohio State and what we saw against Indiana the week after that game. That was an astounding game where Indiana really had a legit chance to win that game. I know they put up a big number last week against Maryland, but James Franklin loves to run it up on Maryland and score some points. So, uh, yeah, I, I would lean towards under a Penn State team total under here. Bear, we have a, a couple minutes left. You know, that, obviously that's the marquee game. What else, you know, early in the week, obviously, but what else kind of stands out to you market-wise? You know, Oregon's laying a big number against USC. Yeah. The Pac-12 games have been interesting. What else stands out here in a couple minutes? I, I think you have to bet UCF against Oklahoma State. You've got the Cowboys, who I think have won five in a row now. Four of them, I think, have come as an underdog. And now you're laying two and a half on the road at UCF after the massive emotional win in that battling game last week. I'm sure Oklahoma State, I'm sure rather UCF will be a very popular play amongst from us, from sharp bettors this week playing that, that situation with the Knights who nearly beat OU and Norman. I think you got to look at Wake Forest as potentially an ugly dog against NC State with MJ Morris leaving that program now. NC State, another team that's won consecutive games. Uh, touchdown underdog against Miami. Touchdown underdog, double-digit dog, I think it was, against Clemson. Now you're playing a really bad Wake Forest offense, and you're, you're laying less than a field goal. Seems like a very low, oddly scary low number against the Wake Forest team that needs to win this week and then beat Syracuse to get bowl eligible. And I'd lay 14 with North Carolina against Duke. I know UNC, they lost those couple games, and we'll see if they can somehow work their way back into the ACC title game picture. But Duke doesn't have Riley Leonard. They have quarterback issues without him at all on offense. They're going to have a heck of a time scoring points. Somehow they did beat Wake Forest last week, came back and won. But I think UNC in their final home game here, Drake Bay's final home game, you would assume. I think UNC puts up a big number here. On a Duke team that, that I think was uh, a little overhyped early in these early in this year because we come to found out that Clemson really wasn't uh, the the top ten team that a lot of people may have thought they were when Duke pulled that upset at the start of the year. And as a as a New York football Giants fan, I'll be watching Drake May coming up this weekend. Might be the next franchise quarterback of my favorite team. Without this has gone bare. What what are your guys' opinion on that? Because I mean I've seen I mean the, the number one pick of the draft market where everyone for the longest time thought you were going to get. Caleb Williams to be number one, but I hear a lot of Drake May buzz out there from from pro scouts, and he can be had around five to one or so. So, uh, have you guys have you guys looked at that or made a play on anything like that? 
we, Canada, we you did, some right? Drake we talked May about this a couple we weeks ago. Drake yep. May on, yeah, we bet some Drake May on our show, Baron. A, a tiny bit, not a lot. A tiny bit of JJ McCarthy in case they like win the national title, and he goes, he's in the like he's in the top it. ten in a bunch of mocks right now. Yeah, I like you know he he is, and, and there are people that think that he that he might be the most pro ready just because of the right. the offense that, that Michigan runs. So I, I, it's smart, smart man, I think he was right. I, I actually grabbed a PCM too. He was like forty to one, I think, when I grabbed it. And May was he indeed May was. was yeah, I uh, like it. Uh, uh, uh. All I know is like we've officially like the college football season isn't even over yet, and we're already in peak draft silly season where we're like, well, oh, Caleb yeah. Williams cried after the game, undraftable, <laughs> or like let him start for my favorite football team this Sunday against the Cowboys, and maybe they'd have a chance to win. I'm like, it's a Tommy DeVito baby. The Bear Chris Felica is the absolute best. You got to check out the Bear Bets podcast with Bear, with Jeff Schwartz, with Will Hill, and our pal Sam Paniadovich, and watch Big Noon Kickoff, obviously. Bear, we appreciate it. Good luck with the bets this weekend. Safe travels. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Safe to you guys. Have a good weekend. And I guess we're going against the Giants every week in Survivor the rest of the way. Yes, we are. Will Brinson joins <laughs> us to start Hour 3 right after this.